Rank Draft Trade. Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade podcast. If you've been following us these last couple weeks, we have been doing a four-part series of mock draft ranks for 2023, and today is part four. This week, we are making a splash at the TEP pool party, where we are going to mock rank the top 24 tight ends mixed with all the players, sexy players, as Mike would put it, that we missed out on in the last three weeks. I am your hostess, Gina Noble. You can find me on Twitter at NobleG underscore FF, and allow me to introduce our fantasy brains. We have, what do they, how do they say it in boxing? And corner is that what they say? I don't even know. <laughs> Is that what they say? I, I think it's in this corner. I'm not sure the corners are numbered. In this corner! You're right. I was like, I mean, there's four corners, so that would be a little weird. In corner number six. I mean, your counting skills are on point. In this corner, we have the Papa of the Pod, Mr. At underscore Papa Bear Claw on Twitter. Magic Mike. Hello. <laughs> That was a good one. You crushed it. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You have a future b- boxing introductions. Okay, I should be holding up a sign. And it's me holding up a sign. That as well. And in this corner, weighing in at whatever he weighs, <laughs> Mr. At Iowa in the NFL on Twitter, Nick James. Thank you, thank you, and thank you for listening to the Rank Draft Trade podcast at Rank Draft Trade on Twitter. And, you know, stay tuned for more specific stats like that. My weight. <laughs> you mean your weight that you weigh in at? <laughs> Whatever he weighs. <laughs> Sometimes I get pretty specific with my stats. Uh, if you listen, I am not your stat person. <laughs> I have a way with words. This guy's really good. <laughs> Speaking of really good, I I am super excited to get started because the tight end position happens to be near and dear to me. I love a good tight end. I also like the tight end position, but <laughs> I got position number one as I have for the past three weeks. Have I done it? Have I been position one the whole time? I don't think I did the very first week, right? I don't recall. I don't remember, but anyway. Ladies before chance. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies go first. So that's me. So let's get into this. You guys ready to tell everybody our picks? Our picarones. Are we going to start at pick two or? No, we're starting at pick number one because it's the best pick on the board. <laughs> Listen, Mike, we'll fight over this and I will defend this to the death. I don't care. These guys probably do not like my pick and I know they cringed when I did it, although I know they knew I was going to pick this person, but I'm sorry. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you he's ageless. They're going to tell me he's old. He's getting old. You guys can tell me whatever you you want. He's freaking awesome. He's going to go down in history as one of the greatest tight ends to ever play the game. If you have him, I can almost guarantee, unless you sucked at picking in every other position, that you're in the championship. And that's Mr. Travis Kelsey. Playoffs. No, the championship. I don't even care. You're obviously through the playoffs and into the championship. I'm guaranteeing a spot in the championship. So I picked Travis Kelsey as my 101. If we're picking tight ends and all the other sexy positions. It's Travis Kelsey. He's sexy and he's an amazing tight end. So I don't care. Fight me. Go ahead. Give me your all your he's old and not in dynasty. No. Till he shows me he's slowing down. With that kind of argument, I, I guess the, the biggest counter argument is he's not as good looking as Jimmy G. 
Well, I mean, we can't all be perfect, but he's a close second. I could see people taking Kelsey there in a win now team over Andrews and every other tight end. Not where I put him, but I can definitely see it happening. You know, it, it's how long do you think he's going to play for? If you think he's going to keep this up for another two years, three years, this is a solid spot to take him. But if you're like everybody else and you think that he's a twist or a hamstring pull away from kind of looking like Darren Waller, then this might not be the spot oh, you'd like to take him. Please let's not mention that name ever again on the podcast <laughs> or in life. <laughs> I'm so mad at Darren Waller. So real quick, we have talked about in the past how tight ends are a position where you can pick somebody up off the waiver wire just sitting there and they hit. So why not go for a tight end like Kelsey who's going to just put up massive points week after week, maybe play the waiver wire a little bit and have some guy sitting there that ends up being a viable tight end. I mean, look at Logan Thomas. Yeah, yeah. The quarterback. Not a quarterback. He's a tight end. He converted from quarterback to play tight end. He did convert. He was a Tyree. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Well, so as a tight end, Logan Thomas is a guy that a lot of people probably picked up for free on a waiver wire, and then he blew up, and he was a viable play. I mean, is it not worth taking somebody who's really that good and then hoping you hit on a tight end and then maybe picking up a rookie down the road or somebody or making a trade? The problem I have with the pick there is that you're investing everything into Kelsey and he is getting older and that's not a long-term investment and then you're hoping on a chance of getting the next Logan Thomas then investing more capital into another good tight end down the road so it's like triple investing to kind of go ahead and solidify this one position when in reality I really would prefer Nick's pick here where you're just going to get more years and a similar ceiling. Is he a championship winning piece? Oh yeah he is. Could be. And a tight end Format. Does he make a difference? Assuming health. Yeah. Assuming healthy, yeah. I mean, obviously if he's not gonna if he's not playing, then he's not gonna score you any points. Like Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I mean Travis Kelsey has shown no signs of slowing down. He just keeps going. We could all be completely wrong and he could outlast everybody on, you know, that we're about to draft here. This is my almond raw. He could be Tony Gonzalez and just keep going. All right, Nick, give it to me. So you were like, All right, you guys are gonna roast me, and I said, No, I am prepared to make an argument for you. So okay. Kelsey Yes, you did has scored more than Andrews on a average weekly basis than the difference between an RB1 and the RB16. Wide receiver 1, wide receiver 17. If you look at average points per game right now before Thanksgiving, which you'll already have uh, had Thanksgiving by the time you hear this podcast, you know who the number one player is? It isn't Josh Allen. It's Mahomes right now. But do you know who the number two is? Travis Kelsey. It's Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Travis Kelsey is currently yes! averaging more points per game in a half point tight end premium, which is what we're assuming for this mock, than Josh Allen after Josh Allen's stinker week this week. So your argument, why don't you just take Travis Kelsey? Why don't you want to win? This player gives you a greater advantage over the remainder of your league mates at any position. Travis Kelsey is a difference maker. So yes, to Mike's point, he's 33. All it takes is one twisted ankle, one knee sprain away from retirement. And it could be it. That could be it. It's a wrap. Tied to Mahomes for the foreseeable future. Travis Kelsey. It's one of those where it's like, you know what? I understand.
and there's age risks, but I would rather go for the championship every year with Travis Kelsey on my team because he could be the tight end one every year until he retires. So it's like, you know what? Instead of trying to be ahead of the curve, this is one where I'm just going to run it out until it putters to its last step and stops. So I can totally understand everything you want to do here with Travis Kelsey over the remainder of the pools, the wide receivers, the running backs, wanting Travis Kelsey more than that because it is a difference maker. But if you are two years away from competing, I would probably prefer Mark Andrews, which is who I selected here with the second pick. And if we were in a startup draft, I would probably take Mark Andrews first, but I would probably just wait until one of them's taken and then take the other. Contrary to popular opinion, especially coming into the season, I think these are the two top tight ends. But here with the second pick in this tight end, plus the rest of the pool party, I selected Mark Andrews. Nice. Unfortunately, have a lot of Mark Andrews. I would rather have him than Waller. I have way too many of Waller, and one is too many of Waller. <laughs> I never had a lot of Waller. Andrews has been dealing with some, some injury things, and honestly, it's a common thing for tight ends to get injured. Like, it's it's one of those positions where you're, you're asked to block, and you're asked to make tough catches versus good tacklers. Like, you're just putting your position self in a position to get injured over and over again. So tight ends are one of the most injured positions, but is not as noticeable as the running backs just because of fantasy and whatnot. But Kelsey, apparently an Iron Man, playing most of the games. Granted, he probably cost me several championships last year during the whole COVID delays and this, that, and the other thing where I didn't play Kelsey or he didn't play one of the two. Yeah, definitely my top two tight ends here. He's the only tight end we're going to take tonight that hasn't been hurt, like actually been injured at all. Who? Not even like a concussion or something, Kelsey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to need you to stop talking immediately because I don't need him jinxed. jinxed. <laughs> so moving right along, let's get into Mike's next pick. At the uh, 103 <laughs> half point premium, I went with Kyle Pitts. I know he's been an utter disappointment this year and I'm not even going to go, I don't even need to go the points per game route or any of that. Elite tight end prospect taken very early by Atlanta they're going to start to build that team around him and I'm going to hope that he doesn't have a quarterback next year that throws 120 yards a game. Mm -hmm. That's all you have to look forward to with him. You really can't look at like, you know, on a per game basis this year Mariota has been awful. He doesn't throw for many yards. He doesn't throw many times at all. You're not really getting a good sample size here, but you are getting a great buy low opportunity for him and I really think this will probably be the lowest that you can get him. He's at a lower value than he was before. He was even on a team during his rookie drafts and now he's on the eye are. If you have somebody that's willing to sell him, this would be the time for you to do so, I think. And that window might be open as he goes to IR yeah. for the remainder of the season. Yep. Let's hope he's not the pits for long. <laughs> stinky pits. He's been some stinky pits. He's been some real stinky pits. So we didn't tell you who our guest was for our mock draft this week. Da -da. It is none other than my husband, Mr. Carton43, Craig Noble. He has no Twitter. He's not on Twitter. <laughs> In my leagues, if I see someone who's co-managing a roster, it's either the queen with me or it's the queen with her real life husband. So the Cartman. 
it's a pleasure to host the card man <laughs> in this mock. He's on sleeper at carton 43, not on Twitter. He's not on Twitter. No, he's not tweeting. So I do want to give credit to him. I don't know if this is like something I want to kill him for or be like, Oh my God, thank you so much. But he's the reason I'm here. <laughs> he was the fantasy football fanatic. And I went through years of literally loathing fantasy football because I remember, do you remember the player Shockey? I don't know who he played for. The Giants. The Giants. <laughs> Legend? Jeremy Shockey? Like, how do you not remember? I'm shockied. Because, <laughs> don't be shockied, but I didn't grow up watching football. I, like, am new to the football world. I know. This, you can get smart about football really fast when you have really good friends like Nick and Mike. <laughs> Jeremy Shockey was like the old school kittle. Mm -hmm. Well, literally, I can remember him looking at the television screaming, throw it to Shockey! Throw it to Shockey! Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I swear to God, I'm going to punch you in the throat <laughs> if you don't stop screaming about some shocky guy. This is like subtweeting your Kelsey pick. That's what all tight ends were like. Hooray! And then it's like this week, it's like, oh! Uh, no! Kelsey gives you stability and consistency and ceiling that you don't get out of a lot of other tight ends. So it's the argument for Kelsey there. Yeah. Is demonstrated by the frustrations that you feel with other tight ends like Shockey back in the day. Shockey. Shockey. Let's all take a trip down memory lane. Well, it's like the weird thing about the tight end position. Like not only do you have to be talented, not only do you have to be able a good route runner, a good blocker, and you have to be able to catch the ball, your team also has to utilize the tight end in their playbook. Mm -hmm. And you have to have a decent enough quarterback to get you enough offense to be able to make you relevant. Yeah, there's a lot of things that go into making it a tight end. Like if you threw Travis Kelsey on not the Chiefs, is he going to put up those numbers if he was on the Falcons this year? Probably not. Right. You know, but I'm not saying at the same time that you can take like the backup tight end to Kittle and throw him on Kansas City and he's a stud. That's it's you know it goes both ways. But the other beauty of a tight end is <laughs> in some cases they all. <laughs> Nick, stop chuckling. I hear you. <laughs> okay. I got it. You can't talk about tight ends and not chuckle. They only need to make one or two big plays a game and they have done their job. So in some cases, you it's deceiving because you see these big numbers and I'm I'm thinking of Juwan Johnson. His last name's Johnson. Yeah, yeah Juwan Johnson. Seymour <laughs> Johnson. Um <laughs> It's like a Simpson joke right there. Canceled. Anyway, <laughs> canceled. Come on, they played it on The Simpsons. We can play it on this show. Oh, Long Johnson. Like he would go, <laughs> he would go the entire game and not have a single catch. I can't take these too seriously. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like you check in your scores a little later, and he made one big catch that happened to be a touchdown, and he's got 14 points on the board. So you don't need a lot of plays from tight ends. You just need one or two hopefully one of them being a touchdown. But they're, they're guys who go out there and get those long plays, those big downfield, like, there he is. They're shocky with his big play. I mean, yeah, it is nice when, you know, a guy like Johnson has a third of his points as touchdowns this year. I am loving him. I, he's a guy. There you go. Perfect example. There's a guy I picked up off of waivers. I don't even know who he is and why I picked him up. What, what's Cartman's pick? Not to leave any loose ends. So Cartman went with McLaurin, his 
his pick was McLaurin. So, because we're adding in sexy players that mm-hmm. we didn't pick in the top 24, mm-hmm. as Mike puts them. These are Mike's sexy players. And scary ones. They are. This one is scary for me. And what? Scary Terry. Scary Terry. <laughs> so, Scary Terry goes at the 104. Cartman. Cartman's a big Scary Terry fan. I'm not going to lie. Like, Nick and Craig have some differing opinions, but he's, he, you guys also have some same ones. He loves DJ Moore for the record. But yeah, Scary Terry at the 104. Speaking of age. Yeah, Scary Terry, the the older DJ Moore. You know, just wait till he gets a quarterback. We'll see. Yeah, he's like the bargain DJ Moore, right? Well, yeah, this is DJ Moore in a couple years. It's like, just just wait. Just wait till he gets that quarterback. You wait. <laughs> like, I'm waiting. I'm still waiting. Mm-hmm. Being a straight jacket in, at 65. Like, just wait till <laughs> DJ gets a quarterback. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my God, Nick. Please, Carolina, if you're listening, you better get please one. get a quarterback so that Nick doesn't lose his mind. Yep. I thought he was Scary Terry until Tamorian Terry, and then he was the new Scary Terry. And now I call him MCL, which for some reason people don't like that. No. No, careful with that one. Oh, boy. Terry McLaurin would be probably my third best wide receiver available currently, and the next two are the next two picks. Uh, I have no problem with Scary Terry. It's just a couple younger upside guys. I would like a little bit more. Uh, he's someone I've picked often and been ridiculed at times for. He's doing super well with Heineke. He wasn't doing great with Wentz there. It was a little bit disappointing at the beginning, and then recently it's been great. It's also been coinciding with the time when Dotson isn't playing, and then Dotson's back. So I like Scary Terry. They just paid him, or MCL for that matter. McLaurin here at four. I don't have a problem taking him over the remainder of the tight ends. No, me. I do like him. I was just uh, busting his balls a little bit. (laughs) That's okay. You get to do that. All right. Let's move back to me. Uh, 105. And I went with a rookie who just had, what, his breakout game? Mr. Traylon Burks. Are we calling this his breakout game? You could say it. It's the best one in 11 weeks. Of his 11-week career. It's the best game, he said. Let's do it. Yeah, so Traylon Burks finally goes out there and shows us what he's got. He's young and has a bright future, and I'm going to leave you two to give some stats. (laughs) We don't really need to get into stats for somebody who hasn't played, but it was fantastic seeing him put up 18 points, finally, after being kind of injured all year. One of probably, and the next pick, too, is just a receiver that's lost value just because they haven't been on the field. They didn't do anything wrong. They haven't, you know, it's not like they were just playing horribly. They've been hurt, and that's going to drop, you know, value. Like what Nick likes to say, what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. Well, you've been on my IR. Mm-hmm. You were worth a roster, an extra roster spot for me, and that's it. Mm-hmm. At least for now. And I was doing mock drafts for 2022 before the college season was over, and Jamison Williams was a first-round pick by the end of that draft season before he went down in the college postseason. Well, activated to pup he's gonna practice this week he could even have played by the time you hear this podcast on thanksgiving jameson williams immediately going to be rising up if he gets to play initially assume they don't just 
keep pushing it back as far as bringing him back. The Lions have won a few games here and there. Yeah, they have Amon Ra. Mm -hmm. Do you think it may be, be smart just like, eh, just wait? But man, their other wide receivers are hurt, like Josh Reynolds or the Wiz Khalif Raymond. So Jameson Williams could be 80% and probably come out there and be the number two wide receiver on that team. Chark did just come back as well. Half point tight end premium, I really thought about the next group of three tight ends here. But I figure, mm, I think by the end of the season, if Jameson Williams is in fact coming back and he starts showing out before the end of the season, this is probably the appropriate spot to take him if I'm drafting for next year. Just based on being the best option on a team. Like Traylon Burks just now breaking out. What if that's Jameson Williams here in a few weeks? I mean, Jameson definitely has the best prospect profile of any player on the Lions at the wide receiver position. Easy. I'm not saying he's definitely going to be better than Amon Ra, but he certainly has the physical traits to overtake the number one wide receiver position on that and still have them both be relevant. Mm -hmm. So it's nice. Nick also has a medical tent already set up for his team, so it only made sense for him to pick that. Yeah. <laughs> to pick there somebody who is injured. It's not Team IR, it's Team Coming Off IR. <laughs> it's, it's Team Coming Back. We're back to Papa Bear Claw. Yeah, I went with the Hawkeye here. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. Well, with TJ Hawkinson, really confused when I saw him get traded from the Lions. He was kind of a centerpiece there, but if there's any team I like to see a tight end go to, it would be Minnesota. They make guys like Conklin, Kyle Rudolph, um, the Irv Smith hype kind of go out of nowhere because they rarely have like that third wide receiver that's relevant. It's usually just the tight end. So it's been a rough couple of games, but it'll be nice to kind of see him kind of get more involved in that playbook and be a centerpiece there, especially being locked up for two years there. Was he in jail? <laughs> no, under contract. <laughs> Nope, he's under contract, and I heard an argument that it's that he was going to ask to be paid after putting up, like, a massive game for the Lions before he got traded there, and he's been targeted a lot. They might actually pay him, and whether they're a fraud or not, the Vikings are have one of the best records in the NFL, so sweet for Hawkinson there. He's currently averaging more points per game than Kittle, who was consistently drafted over Hawkinson all offseason and in previous seasons for that matter. But I, I really like the Hawkinson pick here. It's hard not to be biased with uh, another Hawkeye son, but I can dig it here with TJ. I mean, it's actually kind of funny. Like, you brought up Kittle. We can go back to Kelsey. Like, if you go inside the 2020 season, like, people were taking Kittle over Kelsey because, you know, he's going to last longer, and look how that worked out for them. Not great so far, Bob. <laughs> nope, not great, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are back to Cartman 108. Sadly, his pick is currently on the IR. He was having a heck of a season. What, tight end number five on the season? And that is Dallas Goddard. He has been having a fantastic season with the Eagles. So it was really, really a bummer that he went out, went down with a shoulder injury. Is expected to possibly return before the end of the season, but currently on the IR. But 27 years old. What do you make of his age? He's no spring chicken. This is prime for tight ends. This is prime. If you go by average points per game, currently Goddard is number three tight end. Playing for the best record in football. If he comes back, that's going to be great at the end of the year. He's still not old. He's not as young as like another Hawkeye who was selected the pick prior. But Goddard, the reason why we talk about how 
like, you know, there's the good tight ends and then there's everybody else. And it's like you could even pick up Logan Thomas and he was probably not doing great for you for the beginning of the season and then did well last week. It's like you can pick up somebody and they can do good. They can also do bad. And it's just really hard to predict. Once you get like to a point in the season where it's like, all right, these tight ends are somewhat reliable. That's when I trade for them. And then honestly, the last couple weeks I've been targeting the various good tight ends. Kelsey went available and I traded, you know, late first for Goddard and tight end premium right before he went down, unfortunately. Mm. Granted, this is like 112, but hopefully uh, it comes back at the end of the season and is great. But that's part of the reason why it's like either the good ones or everybody else, you fade the middle of tight end is just because like either you can hit on a guy like Logan Thomas or, you know, that's what you go out and you trade for. You know, you've got all your other pieces in place. You've got tons of different darts to try to hit those other pieces. You know, there aren't going to be a lot of tight ends that hit. There's going to be dozens of wide receivers. You know, there's going to be a couple dozen running backs there's gonna be a handful of tight ends so if you don't end up with one of those handful of tight ends that's often a trade target for me when i'm trying to win he's got more points per game than hawkinson olave kenneth walker debo samuel matthew stafford higgins like big list of players that he scores more per game in yeah he's a good pick i like him i love the pick it's okay that he's hurt because this is for 2023 yep that's correct that's correct just get him a medical tent in the meantime gets you an extra roster spot that's right throw him on your ir well, speaking of handful of really good tight ends, my next pick is not just because he reminds me of my fantasy husband, Nick James. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's weird, you guys. He looks just like Kittle. <laughs> I know. I can't wait till Jimmy G's off the team and he can be the uh, the biggest heartthrob on the 49ers. Mm. Oh, they did trade for CMC, though. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh. Did you see the clip of them at the uh, the Bolton State Warriors game when they were on the sideline, uh, like uh, courtside, and it was uh, CMC, Jimmy G, the fullback, and Kittle, and all the uh, the cheerleader girls went and said hi to Jimmy and ignored everybody else. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what? How can? ignore Christian McCaffrey. Walked right past CMC, went up to Jimmy, and then past Kittle and Juice. I feel like maybe Jimmy just has a more recognizable, like, look to him, maybe. Like, like CMC kind of looks like just your all-American guy. Oh, they, but knew, they knew who he was. <laughs> okay, well then that's just lame, because he's hot. Like, I'm not ignoring him. I would have given him the all the attention. It's fine. He is little. Did you see the video of... I like little guys. Jimmy G walking in, followed by Colt McCoy and it's like it's so hard on Colt McCoy to have to walk in <laughs> after Jimmy G because Jimmy G walks in looking like the bad boyfriend in the movie that the uh, normal looking random dude steals his girl <laughs> at, by the end of the movie <laughs> well my pick I picked George Kittle. Great time to pick him because we were doing this draft last night while George Kittle was blowing up. <laughs> and I was like, uh, George Kittle's still on the board. I'll be taking him. Um, been a little bit frustrating, maybe. Eh, I guess he's had he's had several decent games, but he's had some he's kind of like been a little bit of a boomer bust this season. Like a couple bust games and then boom, boom. Well, he was hurt, and four of the last five have been tied in one game. Games. Nice. Yeah. So was he hurt in the beginning when he had the smaller had like, games that didn't happen? Well, he had like a six point, a four point, a six point. It was Denver, the Rams, and Carolina. Those weren't big games for him. I mean, he could have possibly been coming off of getting hurt. I think the biggest downside to Kittle is 
how great of a blocker he is. There it is. There's my point. When you're on a run-first team and you have just a tight end that could literally play left tackle on most teams, you're going to use him as a blocker as much as you can, even as great as a receiver as he is. They just have so much on that team. What you hate about the mid-range and the late tight ends is the fact that they hit some weeks and then some weeks they're forgotten or they're just, you know, not earning the targets. Kittle would be. It's just that he's such a good run blocker, like you were saying. So, like, his boom bust comes from he was asked to block more this game. Mm. It's not due to he's just not getting open or he didn't play well that game. It's just the fact that he's a two-way. You know what I mean? He's a receiving threat and he's a solid participant in the blocking game. So, Kittle has this ceiling, like you got this week, which probably led a lot of people to victories this week. I have more Kittle than, like, my second and fifth most rostered tight end combined number of shares. So he, he definitely helped me out a ton this week. And this is the second snipe by the queen. <laughs> me reeling, it's like, man, this is a cliff. At this point, it's like, it just depends on if people leave, if they don't, if they sign anybody, if they draft anybody. But here, I went back and it might draw some booze from the crowd, but Rashad Bateman was my next selection. And that's Burr. picking it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Wait, did I snipe you on Burks? I know. Was that my it's other? It's either booze or moose. We can't tell if it's a displeased crowd or a family of cows, but. The dairy cows. Rashad Bateman here, he's younger than Christian Watson is currently. What What's the knock on Christian Watson? Uh, he's young and he's been, had a lot of injuries. Well, so has Bateman. If Bateman's back next year, is Lamar going to be back? Probably. Is it still going to be a run first offense with a rushing QB? Probably. But if they don't bring in like another stud wide receiver, very beginning of the season, you had a very tiny glimpse of Rashad Bateman healthy and he did well. I still am going to be drafting Bateman, holding on to Bateman, buying Bateman. It is with the caution that, man, if it doesn't happen this year, then what? I mean, he, he came out the gate and put up a wide receiver three week and then a wide receiver two week where he was the wide receiver 13 on the week, 20 points. When there was that tiny little glimpse of healthy, he was good and he's still young. So I'm still in on Rashad Bateman. He is one of my most rostered wide receivers too. But man, it was tiny. So tiny. Such a tiny little glimmer of healthy. Like I know. The like a Kyler Murray sized. You can't even see it. It's so tiny. <laughs> he's on. He's currently on my do not draft list and I would love for anybody to come and take him from me, please. Nick, that I'm talking to you. <laughs> oh, I will also take him from you, but I'll take anybody at a value. I, this is this is a place you could put Bateman, the Batman. Well, I like your next pick. Me too. I prefer it over Batman. I didn't. I didn't, but I do. I do I do now. You do? Could you realize he's like wide receiver 16 on the year after a slow start with Lance when he wasn't throwing the ball? Well, so that's what makes me nervous, though, is I feel like he has really good rapport with his current quarterback, but the quarterback of the future, I just didn't, I wasn't feeling, but I don't know that we gave him enough time to really get in there and... You didn't really have long enough time to feel him. That's true. It's true. <laughs> he barely played. Well, why don't you, if people haven't guessed who your next pick is, why don't you tell them? Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk! Ayuk! Ayukan! Ayukan! He's also a street fighter. <laughs> <laughs> 
Isn't that what it was, Street Fighter? Ayuk looks really good. Looked really good last year when he got out of the doghouse, and then this this year after a slow start. But what's he's got the target share too. He's getting like seven or eight targets a game, except for the last game where he had like four. But he still scored two touchdowns, so he's one of the primary receiving targets on that team. Yeah, he was in the doghouse last year. Like everybody was. was trying to figure out. He's like the Cam Akers. <laughs> like what did this guy do? Oh. What did he do? There was a quote where he's like, "I'm glad we have Danny Gray, so we can have somebody else free coach." To be mad at instead of me this year. He said that. I don't, not an exact quote, something close to that, but it's Jimmy G this year, even last game, still still had a decent game. I'm a big fan of Ayuk, largely due to price. Like Mike was saying, you know, it's like I'll buy the dip on anybody. It'd be the dip for like Pitts. It'd be the dip for like Bateman. Those are ones where, what have you done for me lately, fans are going to be really displeased with each of these players. So their potential buys. Um, with Ayuk, this is a little higher than he was even going in like the offseason. season. I kind of like it. Next year, I'm assuming it'll be Lance. If they're going to bring back Jimmy G, it's probably going to be expensive. It just seems like it's probably going to be Lance next year, and then, all right, we have a rushing QB. They just paid Debo. They still have Kittle. They have a receiving back and CMC. I was going to say, Christian McCaffrey can play all the positions. I like Ayuk as a talent, age, and, you know, longevity-wise. I'm a little unsure if he'll have enough going for him, but if you're one that says... I'm just waiting for CMC to be injured, Debo to be injured, Kittle to be injured. And Lance to be good. <laughs> and Lance to be good. <laughs> Probably going to be weeks where Ayuk shines next year, just when some of these guys inevitably miss portions of games. So I don't hate the pick, but at this point, it's like, man, it, it just depends so much. So definitely one of the players I like. I mean, any of the next picks you go at, it's like, well, what if, you know, that, that's where we're kind of at right now. Where, you know, once you're out of like the top five tight ends, and then now you have the left over wide receivers and running backs it's like well if anything happens to any of these players it's not great like the next pick like the next pick so back to the cart man he is for the record a huge green bay packers fan so i'm not surprised by his next pick go pack go go pack go he is also a shareholder because his amazing wife purchased a share of the green bay packers for him so we're like green bay packers owners (laughs) um i'm surprised craig hasn't tried to get on some kind of a conference call to let him know like i need you to get your crap together i have so many stories but aaron jones would be his next pick 27 year old aaron jones 28 he's about to be well it's gonna be 2020 you might as well get ahead of it. Yeah. Oh, he'll be 28. Correct. Mm-hmm. He's no longer under contract at the end of this year. They have an opportunity to cut him. It seems like a big old fake contract as far as his future years. So I think it depends a lot on Rodgers, whether Aaron Jones returns. But I think no matter what Aaron Jones No, is, it doesn't. They don't listen to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> they don't listen to anything he says. There's no way they're paying Aaron Jones contract out as it sits. So you think he'll still be there? Maybe. I found this interesting that this is, one, the oldest player that we draft today. Two, this is the first of two examples where we draft two running backs in the same backfield (laughs) back-to-back. Mine was kind of a panic pick for the record. I just didn't know, and I was like, ah! 
Don't know how. I, I liked it. They moved money around. If they cut him next year, it's nine mil dead. If they don't cut him, they have to pay him 20 mil. What? And then if they cut him at any point, it's nine mil dead. So if they do keep him, it's 20 mil? Either that's going to be reworked or they're going to be cutting Aaron Jones. There's going to be something that happens there. Hmm. Yeah. There's no way they're paying Aaron Jones 20 mil at 28 years old. Yeah, I no. can't see that, especially if Aaron Rodgers is not the quarterback there. Wherever he goes, he's been good this season. Carton, Craig, here. This is, let's see, 20 times 4. This is pick 84. He's getting an RB1 currently on the season in Aaron Jones. So by some perceptions, this is a value, but murky future. This is for 23. He's someone who it just depends. Just like we're going to say with a lot of these guys, it just depends. This is an older bet. This is an uncertain future. Which team? How much? What's the situation? Who knows? It's a mystery, and it's not a young bet with mystery. So Aaron Jones, this isn't a bad spot to take him because, I mean, like of all the running backs that are coming up, you can definitely make an argument for Aaron Jones, but scary. Yeah, we, we have the opposite <laughs> argument coming up next. Completely related. What is the opposite argument? Noble, the queen. At- oh, that if Aaron Jones goes away, then A.J. Dillon moves into the number one running back spot. Mm-hmm. So I, I gambled. Yeah, but if Aaron Jones comes back... Then I just wasted a pick. <laughs> So I went with A.J. Dillon. I did gamble because I was thinking, okay, contract, is Aaron Jones going to be there? If Aaron Jones isn't going to be there, I look brilliant in this pick. If Aaron Jones does come back, then it's the same old, same old. You're basically waiting for Aaron Jones to get an injury and A.J. Dillon to pick up the slack. A.J. Dillon hasn't really done a whole lot this season. He's the backup running back. So one touchdown on the season, not even in most cases playing half the snap counts. So, I mean, it's really kind of obsolete unless Aaron Jones is for some reason not playing. But has the potential, but has the potential to be amazing. He does. So, like, at this point, this is where I consider A.J. Dillon a value because still, what you when you see, like, the little bit you see of him with with even being as big as he is, catching passes, having the second largest legs in the NFL next to quads. Quadzilla. Yeah, quads. Yeah, he's he's little quads. (laughs) Little quads. Which is... Which is actually big quads. <laughs> so, like, going into this year, A.J. Dillon was completely overdrafted with the assumption that Aaron Jones will absolutely not be there. He will absolutely be washed. It's going to be A.J. Dillon's backfield with Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to be a stud, and that didn't happen. So now he's fell even further than where he was, you know, with the assumption that Aaron Jones could come back. So at this point, he is a value for me here. I do like the pick. A lot of it kind of goes on, you know, what happens with Aaron Jones going into next year? Are they restructuring, or is he cut? Mm-hmm. He's currently about 24 and a half. If Aaron Jones leaves next year, you're also going to be worried that they bring in somebody else. Like, is he another? Is he a complimentary back again? And then is he even more featured than this back? It's like, he has second round draft capital. It's like, yeah, this is the same team that in the same draft took Amari Rodgers in the third round. So <laughs> I'm not sure how much it matters specifically in this situation. You're kind of in an A.J. Dill pickle. <laughs> <laughs> But 
but there there is a scenario that plays out. Aaron Jones leaves. They don't bring in a healthy competition. Maybe even Rodgers retires, and it's Jordan Love, and they're in a rebuild, and it's a whole lot of AJ Dillon and not a lot of else. So I I can paint some pictures where it's a good season for AJ Dillon. So here at the selection, I I don't mind it, which would be like the 2.01 of our TEP pool party. It's a party. I'm certainly sending some good juju for AJ Dillon. Some good juju as I select a Juju Smith Schuster next selection. <laughs> well played. Well played. You like that segue? Mm-hmm. <laughs> First hyphenated player drafted this draft. <laughs> very good. Very good. Always a fan favorite. I mean, that automatically makes you sound like fancy mm-hmm. and bougie. Mm-hmm. I'm actually surprised Mike isn't hyphenated. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love a good hyphen? <laughs> he was starting to break out before he got just absolutely destroyed. Missed last week's game. Hopefully he comes back. He could be back as early as next game. Juju Smith-Schuster, 26 years old. He just turned it. So this is the prime for him. He's only on a one-year deal. He might not be back next year. If he is back, that'd be sweet. If not, he could still land in a sweet spot. Depending on if he's back or if he lands in a sweet spot, I'd probably draft him over Bateman next year, who I took last round. So it just depends on how it plays out. But here, you know, assuming good Juju, I'm picking Juju. (laughs) Well, I'll send more good Juju. I like it. I like him a lot in Kansas City, especially lately. Well, he wasn't like an MVS contract or anything, but if he is brought back next year, he's definitely probably going to jump up quite a few spots for me as well. Curious how things go there uh, with bringing in Tony. Sky Moore kind of like taking on a role with everybody else out. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. MVS will still be there too. Yeah, he will. For whatever that's worth. $10 million. Well, Mike, speaking of wanting to see more Johnson... What did I speak of I, this? I, I, I don't think Mike said that. This is a misquote. It's not quite what I said. <laughs> I said that earlier for the record, but... All right, there we go. Let's see more Johnson in your pick. <laughs> yep, the big D Johnson. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, the big D Johnson's up. I'm going with Deontay Johnson here. He's not playing well this year. Well, not really not playing well. It's just the whole passing game in Pittsburgh. Anything in Pittsburgh offensively is not going well. No. And I think his value is just fallen to the point where he's a tremendous value at this point. You know, this is a guy who can receive 140 targets on a team, and it's just not looking good this year. I mean, Pickin' Pickens is doing all right. Yeah, it's doing okay, but really we need to see Pickett kind of grow, that run game to kind of get established at offensive lines to be improved and then we can start to see the ball kind of move downfield instead of kind of being dumped off or him getting sacked. There's nothing going on offensively. They don't have any kind of good run game to go ahead and establish and kind of get the pass going. They don't have enough time to get the passes off to really go ahead and get anything downfield. It's really hit and miss there and he's just playing so poorly. He's a value at this point. It's going into next year. Yeah, and he was going higher than this coming into the season. A lot higher. Coming off the bye, Pickett has been QB 12 and QB 16, but he's done so throwing around 200 yards, 199, and then what, 265. So you'd think that would be enough for Deontay Johnson to get his money's worth. I think it's definitely something where it's a bit of a dip right now. It's less than what you'd expect. So by regression to the mean, it could be a better performance going forward. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he finishes the season better than he's done the last few weeks, which 
hasn't been great. He's definitely one who's sliding, who could rise right back up with a couple good games. All right, moving back to Carton 43. And this is another one of his all-time favorites. Like, he loves Gabe the Babe Davis. Uh, a, a poor man's Christian Watson. <laughs> he loves Christian Watson, too, for the record. I love Christian Watson. Yeah, well, Craig has been a true Gabe Davis truther. He loved him from the get-go. Davis has put up some phenomenal games. He he kind of has been a little bit of a boomer bust. More boom, I feel like, than bust. And he did have some injury plague him through the season. But Gabe Davis, I want a wide receiver that Josh Allen is throwing to, kind of like I want Kelsey, who Mahomes is throwing to. Um, so he went with Gabe Davis. Gabe the babe. I love what you said there with uh, with Gabe Davis. Is I want any wide receiver that Josh Allen is throwing to, and that's exactly how I feel. But it could be Gabe Davis or it could be anyone. Whoever is going to go ahead and fill that role, I'm going to be in on. Yeah, I mean, Isaiah McKenzie has been that person some yeah, weeks. Yeah, No. Yeah. Unfortunately, he had a big fat goose egg this week, yeah. but... <laughs> they play a little bit different roles. Gabe Davis seems super touchdown dependent, and if you look at Christian Watson's stat lines, it's like, take away the touchdowns, it's like, eh, but you do that with a lot of players. It's it's a completely different landscape. But there is an element of touchdown dependent with Gabe Davis, and that's when I see Christian Watson scoring from the red zone, scoring touchdowns to put up big weeks. It's like, that looks like Gabe Davis. And then, like, they chuck it deep to Christian Watson trying to hit big plays. Whether they do or don't, it's like, oh, that's just like Gabe Davis. It's like, you're going to get some deep bombs, and you're going to get some red zone targets. So it's like Christian Watson and Gabe Davis, I can see them as, like, a really comparable value moving forward. Now, obviously, you'd prefer Josh Allen to the mystery of what the Green Bay quarterback would be, but uh, you'd also prefer early second-round capital to fourth-round capital that, like, Gabe Davis has. He got fourth round? Yeah. I thought he was picked in, like, the fifth or the sixth for some reason, but... 22nd pick in the fourth round. That's, um, that's like the fifth round after the compensatory picks and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not great. <laughs> All right, we're going to do the speed round for the last mm-hmm. two... The last... Listen, they're the last of our sexy 24. Starting with my pick of Zeke Elliott. Obviously, he is getting into his senior years as a running back, but still has a lot of juice in that tank. So I'm going to go ahead and take my chances on Zeke when he's still on the board here. Phenomenal value. Big bang for my buck. I went with Ezekiel Elliott. I'll say the same thing a different way. He's gotten old. He doesn't have a lot left in the tank. Big games are when he's scoring touchdowns. He's not getting a heavy workload. He's getting hurt. He's losing work to Tony Pollard. No, I don't think Tony Pollard's a better player than him, but he is definitely younger, and he's definitely getting hurt less. But for as long as Zeke is on Dallas, he's going to be a guy that you could probably flex and just, you know, how long is that going to be? I mean, I'm okay as long as they keep giving him the ball at the goal line at least once a game. Yeah, I mean, if he can just be a a great Jordan Howard, those couple games he was on the Eagles, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, let Tony Pollard do the heavy hitting down the field, give it to Zeke at the goal line, and you got the score. (laughs) This is one of those things in fantasy where the age doesn't tell you everything, because he's almost the same age as Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler. He's not even a half a year older than Nick Chubb. Similar age to these guys that we've already taken in previous drafts. So why does he fall here? There's only one other active running back with more touches than Zeke Elliott, and that's Mark Ingram. And he's in his 30s. Zeke is 20 
27 and a third. So it's that he's had a lot of wear on the tires. Um, he's still going to be there next year. Tony Pollard's probably going to be gone. This is a draft for 2023. He could have another good year next year. Totally possible. So I don't hate the pick, especially here at a value way lower than a lot of these other guys with similar ages, but it's the cumulative touches over time. It's like you hope there's enough tread on the tire to put up another good RB2, RB1 season, which you're going to need. We've only drafted 24 running backs plus what we've taken today so far. So to get Zeke here, not a bad deal, especially coming off a, a decent week in his first week back from a little minor injury thing, even with Pollard blowing up. They fed Zeke too much. He's full. <laughs> All right, moving right along. Nick, who's yours? Your next pick. Hard to play judge and jury here, but I picked Jerry Judy. Man, that's hard to say. Say that five times fast. <laughs> judge, jury, Jerry, Judy. <laughs> he really dug deep for that one. <laughs> yeah, it looked like, boom, this is the wide receiver one for the Broncos and it's uh, everyone whimpering, you know, Broncos country, let's cry, but at least it was Jerry Judy leading the way and then he gets hurt. So this is for 2023. I'm assuming he's healthy by next year. He's going into next year at 24 years old. I'm cool with it. I like Jerry Judy. Sutton's going to be uh, even older than a lot of the wide receivers we've already taken. He hasn't been perfect, and that's what brings him outside of the top 24 wide receivers. But this is somebody who's taken really close to like CeeDee Lamb in rookie drafts, and the perception of what his value is has fallen tremendously since then to this point. And I don't want to let him fall any farther. So here with this selection, I took Jerry Judy. Glad. Welcome home, Jerry Judy. Glad you took him there. Because you didn't want to have to? No. He left me with Devonta Smith, and he fell in rookie drafts because he was too small to play football, and he kind of turned into a value last year. Put up a decent season with Hurts, and then the Eagles got A.J. Brown, and Devonta Smith was dead, and his value fell. But what people really didn't see is that he, he's doing better than last year as a wide, as the wide receiver two on the team. He's a sneaky back-end wide receiver two, and his value is just not there because A.J. Brown is there and Jalen Hurts is the quarterback and kind of doesn't make sense to me that he's just fallen that far. If he had a second year wide receiver, his wide receiver 23 on the year after being you know a wide receiver three and it's just steadily improving. Mm -hmm. That's a good sign for me. Especially recently too because things are breaking right yeah. for him. Like their tight end breaking and their wide receiver yeah. breaking. Still playing mm -hmm. but dealing with broken. So like you said last week, Devonta Smith on his birthday having a good week or whatever. I debated Devonta Smith. I debated Devonta Smith versus Juju and Bateman as well. Like, if Bateman gets a stud wide receiver next to him next year, then I'm probably going to defer to Devonta Smith over Bateman. I mean, that's what everybody did with Devonta Smith last year when they got A.J. Brown. Mm -hmm. He got the stud wide receiver next to him and people didn't want him. Mm -hmm. And he had some not great weeks while A.J. Brown was blowing up, but I think key point to, like, last week's breakout, too, is Dallas Goddard going down. So, is conservation of targets... You'd condense all those to what's remaining, and that's going to be better for Devonta Smith, especially with Hertz, who isn't just a running quarterback until he needs to be at the very end of games, if that's what's called for. All right. Uh, Craig ended up going with the last tight end off the board in our top 24. A tight end I happen to really like and think he is touchdowns short of being really 
really a fantastic play week to week. And that is Pat Fryermuth. He has done a really good job, but he doesn't get the touchdowns. If he could add a touchdown to his weekly totals, it would be the difference between like being okay and like awesome. That's kind of funny because last year he was really touchdown dependent and wasn't getting the targets. Yeah, his targets are better. He had an outlier number of touchdowns. And that was the thing. It was like, oh, well, he scores too many touchdowns. You don't really want to play. You don't want to draft a tight end like that. And then this year he's getting all of the targets and not getting any of the touchdowns. And we kind of got the same kind of argument. Well, he's not really scoring touchdowns. He's not putting up the points. But he is tight end seven this year. Yeah, so if, if we could, like, get them to maybe even that out a little, I mean, boom. All of a sudden, Pat Fryermuth is up in our top, like, what, four? Yeah, I mean, well, Pickett's <laughs> just not throwing five. the touchdowns to anyone. So once that starts happening, Fryermuth is getting a <laughs> ton of targets. Touche. It's going to kind of work together. Nobody's getting <laughs> touchdowns for the Steelers. <laughs> Fryermuth has one touchdown this season. It wasn't from Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett hasn't thrown more than one touchdown in a game. He had seven last year. Every other game was a touchdown last year. Fryermuth coming off his season high in targets with 12 last week. And I think that's part of what's taken away from Deontay Johnson is the targets for Fryermuth. Which isn't great because that means he's dumping the ball off a lot. Yeah, he had a ton. But that makes sense. He had 12 targets. 12 targets in the last game. That's a lot of targets. It is. But, you know, but the same thing with, like, with like the same argument with Deontay Johnson is they don't have enough time to get the ball off. They don't have the run game. If the offensive line improves next year and he has more time to throw the ball and for the plays to develop, is Fryermuth going to be getting 10 or 12 targets a game? Mm-hmm. And it's probably not. Pickett takes a step in his sophomore season, maybe. And then they have, they still have Deontay under contract. Mm-hmm. They got Pickens, Fryermuth. Well, and Fryermuth, by, by your definition, isn't quite at his prime. He still has, what, another two years before he hits prime? Tight ends are a different story. Often they hit their prime in their late 20s. So you got plenty of time with Fryermuth. So he's still a little young. That's part of the reason what gets him up here above these other wide receivers who are studs or young wide receivers is that, yeah, maybe there's just like a pretty solid top six tight ends, but I'm pretty solid with him at seven, at least at this point going into next season. Like Mike said, tight ends are heavily dependent on the quarterback and the system that they're in. Do they use the tight end? But as it sits right now, it's looking pretty good for Patty Fryermuth. Um, I, I like it. have a hard time sliding him any farther down than tight end seven for next season. Good pick, Cartman. Yeah, Cartman. Moving back to yep, yeah, Cartman. Way to go. Alright, my last pick in these 24 is Rashad White of Tampa Bay. Running back 23 years old. Fournette is obviously getting up there in age. Rashad, I believe, will hopefully take over there at some point. So I'm going with the youth. I'm going with the perhaps future in Tampa Bay. At this point, I feel like that's a pretty good uh, value and hopeful future. The only problem I have with Rashad White is he is a bit older, and I don't know who their quarterback is next year. I don't know if Fournette's going to be there next year and what kind of split that is, but if that's a 50-50 split with like Brian Griffin or some rookie at quarterback, that's probably not too great, especially with that offensive line. The way the contract sits right now, it looks like Fournette will be there next year. But right before the bye week, two weeks ago, Rashad White was rumored to be the starter. And then it kind of looked like that might even be happening. And he was out snapping or rushing. He was out playing Fournette to that point. And Fournette got like a hip pointer and then it was a bye week. So we haven't seen football since the bye week. We don't know exactly how it's going to come out. It could 
come out where Rashad White has more touches, carries out of the backfield than Fournette for the remainder of the season. But we know Fournette's probably going to be back next year. We don't know that Brady's going to be back necessarily next year. If he is, cool. If they bring in somebody else, cool. It could be a Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon split next year. Rashad White is a good receiving back, and so is Fournette. Fournette's been really productive so far on the season, but Rashad White's getting more and more work as time goes on. I'm not sure. I think both of them can probably be fantasy relevant. I'm not sure who's the most valuable one there as far as for the 2023 season alone. I think going forward, you would probably want White just because Fournette is just barely younger than Aaron Jones, who is the oldest person we selected today. I would definitely pick Rashad White before Fournette, but here they go back to back. Yeah. Did I snipe you again? You did. Yes! I would definitely take White first, but at the same time, this could be another A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones situation where Fournette's supposed to be dead next year, so let's move Rashad White up the draft boards, and then that just doesn't happen, and you're just disappointed that you wasted an early pick on him, but right around here is a, is a big value for me. I do like the pick. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. I like when you like my picks. I do like the pick. I won't like it when he starts shooting up the draft boards of the fifth round and startups come the offseason when it's assumed that Fournette is dead and it's Rashad White time. And, and that's where the risk is not worth the reward. But then again, let people pick him there, which means that a better player just fell to you. Yeah. Like Fournette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Fournette. And then they're like, oh, crap. What do you mean Fournette is still in Tampa Bay? Yeah. So speaking of Fournette, that would be Nick's next pick since I took his man. Yep. Fournette here after White. This is the second time we've taken running backs in the same backfield back to back. Sweet. All right. Well, I think we kind of talked about Fournette enough, so let's yeah. move on to Papa Bear. Yeah. Oh, real quick, uh, in the current startup for 2023, I'm doing uh, Rashad White went 801 and Leonard Fournette 1104. 12-team, super flex, tight end premium. F point. There you go. So that's the gap. We're looking at... Our perfect example. We're looking at a three-round gap just right now. Yeah, that's crazy. I went with Dotson. I'm always big on getting the value on the player. Drafted 16th overall in the NFL draft and then faded. I was getting him in the early second in rookie drafts, which was fantastic. And he started off the year great. Yes, he did. Four touchdowns in four games. And then he was hurt. Came back. It's been a bit disappointing because Heineke only seems to like to throw to McLaurin and nobody else. But still hopeful. Imagine if he gets a quarterback. <laughs> we say that a lot. <laughs> Broken record. <laughs> Just pull it out. Press play. Imagine if he got yes, a better quarterback. We, we need a sound bite. <laughs> we need a sound bite. <laughs> but it's probably not going to be Heineke next year. No. Unlikely to be Wentz maybe at this point. Maybe a different coach, but I do like the talent. Even with having McLaurin there, it's not too concerning. He's a decent enough player to get his own target share there. Previous episode, we picked Pickens, Christian Watson. All these guys were taken after Jahan Dotson, who you selected here at the 2-11. Yeah, like 24 players later, right? practically. And to round out our tight end pool party, I hope you guys have had a lovely time at our party. I think Cartman went a little off grid here with his pick. I'm not sure if this. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. He went with Mike Evans. I couldn't 
remember if he was in that grouping of rank up from the rank draft trade type uh, spreadsheet. Well, he likes some Mike Evans, keeping with our Tampa Bay theme here. You can't go wrong with Mike Evans. He has had, what, a little bit of injury stuff go on this season. But other than that, I mean, he's obviously a popular target for Brady. Brady loves his receivers. He spreads the ball around. Godwin's been doing some great stuff here in the last couple of games. Mike Evans is, to me, an old faithful. Good value. That's three bucks in the last four picks. Uh, Evans still under contract. Definitely going to be there next year. Brady, we don't know for sure. Like you've stated before, to be honest, I thought you were going to pick Mike Evans instead of Rashad White, just because this is old faithful. I looked at him. I looked at him. I mean, I looked at him too. (laughs) At this point in the draft, why go ahead and go for the guy that could be a wide receiver one and just take it the short term of what is a wide receiver one? Right. Even if he is touchdown dependent or speed dependent, you just can't deny the production over the past how many years of his career. And it's been with anybody. It doesn't have to be Brady. Yeah. You know, it could have been Jameis Winston. It could have been, it, it, it could be anybody and he's going to put up the numbers. How long it's going to last, I don't know. But here, it's worth it. Mike Evans only has three touchdowns on the year. Yeah. Not quite the regular year he has. But he's still like pretty consistent. You don't want him as your wide receiver one, but great value for if you're playing him in your wide receiver two, three, or even a flex position. I mean, if you're getting him past player 100 and you get another wide receiver one season out of him, that, that's a decent value. Yeah. At this point, like these are players like maybe you can get a second round pick for Zeke if you were trying to trade him away right now. And we're getting Mike Evans after. Yeah. We've got some interesting guys still left on the board here. And he's going to be 30 next year. I'm kind of curious who the next ones might be. All right. Well, this rounds out our tight end premium and other sexy player pool party. We certainly hope you enjoyed the party. And if you enjoyed this party, what is better than the party? And that is the after party. So tune in next time where we have a bonus episode called the after party for what, Nick? All the rest of the players top what? Over the last four weeks, we've drafted 96 players. Mike Evans here at 96. And I thought about adding four more, but instead we're going to take it out to 120. Like 12 team league, 10 starters, 120 players. We're going to take it out to 120 for 2023. So join us for the after party, the after pool party and bring your own beer. I will. And your bathing suits. I do every week. I'm not wearing a bathing suit next week. It's going to be too damn cold. (laughs) Maybe just your silk pajamas. (laughs) We can make it a pajama party, Mike. We could. We could. We can do a pajama party. We already did the pool party. Let's do the after party as the pajama party. We could. Sleepover. None of mine are embroidered. (laughs) Yes, better have the monogram on it. By the time I go to bed, I usually take my shirt off. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's keep it G-rated. I know. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, on that (laughs) night. (laughs) Well, we're going to get out of here before Mike starts stripping down for bed. You got 10 minutes. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Ranked Draft Trade Podcast. Thank you again to my actual real-life husband, Carton43, Craig, for joining us in this mock draft. 
Thank you, Mike and Nick, as always, for providing a wealth of knowledge to our listeners. And we hope we made all of your fantasy dreams come true. Make sure to check us out on Twitter. Find us on Sleeper. Follow us. Subscribe to the Rank Draft Trade Podcast so you never miss an episode. We look forward to seeing you guys in another week. And we hope you guys have a wonderful evening. Peace. Thanks, Craigie. Thank you. <laughs> Craigie. <laughs> Cartman. Cartman.